Welcome to the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience helping hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. I'm Jason Gabrielli from HFM Investment Advisors, and I am a certified financial planner here at HFM. And today I am once again on my own. You'll notice that I have changed my camera angle so that my forehead is not cut off. I'm getting better at this a little bit every day. And I'm also sitting in a different seat today. A lot of changes for 2024. A lot of exciting stuff that I want to share with you guys today. Today, we're going to talk about the impact of some changes to FAFSA. So if you have a student who is approaching college age or is getting into college or even is in college, you are probably well aware about the FAFSA. That is the federal application for student aid, I believe is what it stands for. Something like that. But it is the federal government application you have to fill out to get student aid. Now, right off the bat, one of the missteps I always want to point out when I talk about the FAFSA is sometimes people think that if they make a certain amount of money or they have a certain amount of wealth, that they shouldn't even bother filling out the FAFSA. And I would say that that's definitely not true. In most cases, it doesn't hurt to fill out the FAFSA. A lot of times you get certain loans that pretty much everyone qualifies for. And if you have the idea that you want to have your child have a little skin in the game, or if you even want to just increase their credit a little bit by taking the loans and then maybe paying them back yourself on their behalf, anything like that, that's all going to come through the FAFSA. And a lot of times, a lot of colleges will require that you do the FAFSA to be eligible for any of their financial aid or anything like that. So the FAFSA is a big deal. And one of the things that came through now that we're in 2024, is there are going to be some changes to the way that the federal government, Department of Education, considers income and assets inside the FAFSA application. Now, I feel like I remember way back, probably 20 years ago when I did the FAFSA, the biggest thing was you got to take your time. You got to read the questions. And that is absolutely true. You don't want to give more information than you're required to. The biggest one I always used to hear was they don't usually ask about retirement plans when they talk about parental assets, but people mistakenly put them in there. And then it makes you look like you have more wealth than you actually need to disclose. So make sure you're reading the questions. That's like a FAFSA pro tip I've heard a million times. But today, we are going to talk about a couple of the changes that are taking place for 2024 that might affect you, again, if you have a student who is going into college or is going to need to go through the FAFSA process or you're going to need to go through that federal student aid process. So number one, students now only report income if they file a tax return. So one of the questions on the FAFSA asks about the student's income as in if they have a part-time job or if you're a business owner and you put them on payroll or whatever it is, you have to report that income and it affects the expected family contribution and numbers like that, which ultimately affect what type of benefits you get. Well, now you only have to include income that is included if they file a tax return. So now you have to start thinking about, well, does it make sense for my child to file a tax return or should I keep that income on my tax return or maybe forego it completely? So obviously, we want to recommend you talk to your tax advisor, your CPA, about exactly what the rules are for your particular situation. 
But one of the things you definitely want to consider is when you work and you have a job, even a part-time student job, you typically have withholdings for federal income tax, state income tax, all that stuff. And if you don't file a tax return, and you might have been able to get that money back, you won't get those withholdings back. So one of the things you have to consider right off the bat is, do the benefits I could get from not including this income on my FAFSA because I'm not filing a tax return outweigh the withholding taxes that I may have gotten back if I did file a tax return? Again, that is something you definitely want to talk to your tax advisor about, your tax return preparer, but it is something that is new this year. You only have to put income for the student that is if they file a tax return, the income that's reportable there, not just any income that they make. Another big item is for business owners and farm owners. They're required to report the adjusted net worth of the business regardless of its size. That's going to be added in as a parental asset or Maybe in the off case that the student has a business, that would be cool. Either way, it's going to get included as an asset. Now, the nuance of this is, again, very detailed. You're going to want to read the question. You're going to want to understand what it is they want you to put in there for the asset. But typically, it's about 40 to 100% of that business value is going to be counted depending on stated value. And there's a lot of rules and nuances you want to pay attention to. But this is a relatively new concept. And the fact that having your business value included as an asset and therefore ultimately affecting the FAFSA result or the potential benefits is something that you want to pay attention to, again, as you're going through that process. The third thing that we want to talk about that's a change to the FAFSA process in 2024 is that retirement contributions to employer plans are no longer added back to income. So before, if you made retirement plan contributions, they would add those back to your income. They were basically excludable. They just treated it like that was part of your income and that it was going to essentially hurt you for FAFSA results. Now, if you make those contributions, there's certain adjustments depending on whether you're self-employed retirement plan contributions, deductible IRA contributions, tax-free distributions. There are some nuance there. So again, make sure you read the question, but you want to pay attention to the fact that you may not need to be adding back your retirement plan contributions to your income when they ask what the parent's income is on the FAFSA. Fourth thing we want to talk about today is that unfortunately, we no longer get a break or a discount for having multiple children in school. This is a big deal because about a third of dependent students have siblings in college. A lot of people have kids within four-year periods, and so they have kids in school at the same times. There used to be a break or a credit that was applied within the FAFSA for that. That is no longer a thing. So you're no longer getting a break for having multiple children in school at the same time. The fifth and final thing, which is more on the plus side, I think if you're a borrower, if you're filling out the FAFSA, is that outside financial support is no longer counted. So this is an example of cash gifts, anything like that that you receive that you used to have to technically claim and add on there outside financial support as a student. The number one thing that we saw this become an issue for was grandparent-owned 529 college savings plans. Now, College savings plans, 529 college savings plans, if you're not familiar with those, those are the ones that you usually sponsor in a state plan of some type, but it'll typically be with a financial institution like a Vanguard or a BlackRock or a Charles Schwab, and you could put contributions into there, and it grows tax-free, and then you take the money out for educational purposes, and you don't get taxed on the growth. 
That's what a 529 college savings plan is. One of the things we always urge people to pay attention to when they set those up is who owns the 529. Because a lot of times we have clients or people in our world who are grandparents and want to set up 529 college savings plans for their grandchildren. And in that case, we usually have to say, wait a second, you may not want to do that. You might want the parents to be the owner of the account and you just put the money in because up to this point, the money that would then come out of that 529 when the time comes for that student to go to school would actually be counted against the student on the FAFSA application. It would be treated as income to the student in that calculation. That is no longer a problem. So now that obstacle to the grandparent owning the 529 account is no longer as big of an issue as it was before. So most times a parent owning the account instead of the grandparent and the grandparent just putting the money in, not a big deal, but certain situations where extenuating circumstances, the grandparents want to keep control of that money and keep ownership of that 529 savings plan, they're running up against this issue. So in summary, there's five big changes to FAFSA and how you're going to fill that out. And it's just things you want to be cognizant of. Again, the first one we talked about was students only need to report income if they file a tax return. That second one was business owners and farm owners are required to report the adjusted net worth of their businesses, regardless of size, as an asset. The third one was retirement plan contributions that you make out of your paycheck to employer 401k plans, 403b plans are no longer added back to your income. So if you make retirement plan contributions, you're still going to have to claim that reduced income, which could help you, of course, show that you have less income. The fourth thing is there's no longer a break for having multiple children in school at the same time. And the fifth thing is outside financial support, including 529 distributions from a grandparent-owned 529 college savings plan are no longer counted when determining that income level for the student. So these are big changes. Again, make sure you are filling out that FAFSA, even if you don't think you're going to get anything, even if you think you make too much money, you're worth too much money, whatever it is, definitely consider still filling that out and still seeing what's available and potentially taking some of those loans for your child to help their credit score, to help them have some skin in the game. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. If you are not yet a subscriber, make sure you hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, we're on everything. If you subscribe, you will always get the notification when we upload our most recent episodes so that you can check us out as they come out. Thanks again for your time, and we will see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at hfmadvisors.com. The Dollar Wise Podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor firm. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer for sale or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. All investments involve risk and are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.